Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital, and welcome to Idle Game Chat. I'm joined by the former Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz Champion, it's Pac-Man himself, Tom Adcock, and the reigning Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz Champion, Tom Adkins, not Adcock. Gents, how we doing? Well, I'm doing fantastic, man. You introduced us with that. Well, it's true. It's a factual statement that you're the reigning quiz champion, and Pac-Man Adcock's the former quiz champion <laughs> so cool. you're doing well I, I, I suppose you're not too pleased with that intro although it is factually correct some uh, big comebacks this year mate Tyson's sort of dusting off the gloves so mate, <laughs> mate you were just Come like Andy Ruiz had you like one shock win and then just <laughs> yeah. fucking trampled on <laughs> you said that twice now that better not stick that's annoying well, <laughs> Ruiz <laughs> absolutely well this is a huge show because we're actually going to run through our top six games of the decade for 2010 through 2019. And then we are going to crown just one winner. Now, this was a, an extremely tough process on many people. Just just kind of the nominees was difficult. But, I mean, crowning a winner almost seemed uh, like a silly thing to be doing because it was almost impossible. But we did get there. And I think we've got a list that is, is a good list that represents... A, f- a fair representation of Dimp Digital and to be honest on any given day I feel like any of them could have won it but for the sake of there being a winner because we like to crown winners here we've gone through that process anyway um, before we get into the meat of the show I wanted to let anyone that's listening know that if you are enjoying Idle Game Chat first of all tell everyone that you that, that, that likes video games tell all your mates that we're available on any podcast app and YouTube completely free and then if you do want to support the show either tip us or earn some cool perks and you can head over to patreon.com forward slash idle game chat where you have the opportunity to become one of our very special patrons if you don't want to or you can't afford to no bother we thank you for giving up your time to listen to us today anyway but let's kick things off now it's all the formalities out the way all the business side out the way we're going to run through each of the candidates in date order so the oldest will start first celebrating the reasons why they are on this special six or the big six as i mentioned there's six here adcock um are you pleased in general with with the list of six i mean i just spent a couple of moments there bigging it up but as you're on this panel to discuss the games are you pleased with the six that we've ended up with yeah, um, I've played five of the six and can confirm that they are all absolute bangers. Um, yeah, I think I agree with what you said. Like, it's it represents a good, like, cut through of what we all play here and then generally what was massive in the decade for the public. So, mm. as, you, and as you said as well, like, any one of them on their day, you know, when we done the back and forth on this, it was a fucking nightmare because... <laughs> At one point, I think every one of them, bar like one, was probably at the very top, and yeah. the ones that probably end up winning was at the bottom for a while. So it's really hard. It's not easy, but I think as we go through them, you'll see that they are all, you know, certified AAA classic games, and uh, you can't have any complaints. No, absolutely. Adkins, what did you find tougher coming up with the six? So 
potentially culling dozens and dozens and dozens of games yeah. or choosing the winner out of the final six that we'd that we'd come up with because both were very taxing on some people's minds like Biff and Hall. Yeah, it was. Um, I'd probably go with culling was difficult. Yeah. Pitting two heavyweights together when you know they're both equally impassable. Yes. Okay. And then you go, right, well, one, we've got to be in one just because they're slightly similar. But it is good to have that variety we've got where you ain't just a list of fucking open world games or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I did find that tough, but it's hard. It's hard, for, especially for me being selfish, to get my <laughs> views out. When somebody else goes, right, I want to put this game in, and I'll just go, no, that's not in, that's not in mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in mine, so it's not in the final list. It's, it's not in the final six. But, yeah, you know, the, the group chat that we made helped me broaden my horizons. And, like I say, much like Adcock, I, I think I've, I've played all of the games, but yeah. one of them not so much that we'll discuss. Yeah. So it's definitely there I sort of let let the other people bring their shit to the table rather than sticking my beak in. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you have got to take a back seat on things, but I think, like yeah. as I said, we go for the list, people won't, hopefully, well, they can say what they fucking want, I don't care. The The list is our <laughs> six, and we've, we've picked one winner, and that's the end of it. But we're going to kick things off. November 2011, bit of controversy on whether this actually qualified, because there was Ooh. a public alpha of the game, which started in 2009, now, I always personally sway towards when the official release is. And this was yeah. the, this goes back to when Fortnite was in early access and people were saying, oh, should that be on the Game of the Year list? And I was like, well, it ain't released, is it? It's in beta still. And that caused yeah. a, a ruckus between people in the group. Um, but this is Minecraft, November cool. 2011. And this is the one that Adcock has not played. And Adkins, to be honest, you, you you wanted it struck off on a technicality. You wanted it struck off on the <laughs> on the 2009 Alpha Bill. Yeah. Cool um, for its head. Cool for its head. But as you'd only had a cup of coffee with it, we we cut you out of that <laughs> one and, and, and barreled on, fr- on through. Um, yeah. I spent an awful lot of time with Minecraft over multiple generations and multiple platforms. I've played it on 360. I've played it on Xbox One. I've played it on PC. I've even had the Adkins cup of coffee on mobile with it. So I've had yeah. a little play around on that pocket edition. And I, I, I truly believe that Minecraft is a pioneer of the, the sandbox genre, if you will. And mm. on the surface, it's a very simple game. You, you just dumped into this world with no resources and and really at that point the only aim of the game is to just survive because at night come if the monsters and they'll put you in an early grave and depending on what mode you've got it on you can have permadeath switched on or you can turn that off or you can you know carry on and respawn but really once you've established your foothold in it the the only real limitations of the game is up to the player's own imagination and, and goal setting um there are bosses and like conventional tasks that you can kind of follow that are you know more in line with a traditional video game you can jump online with your mates cooperatively try and build weight cream which is a project that me hall peewee and logan tried many moons ago a failed project because the staying power of of that particular quartet wasn't there um so you can you can have your go and have your have your games in, in that process or you can Use the creative mode, which is like a free mode that lets you build to your heart's content without the the video game aspects getting in the way. And I've seen people build a a working computer that can do maths. 
um, a, a recreation of King's Landing in the game. There is so much stuff that people have, have built onto this game. And 2014, we had Mojang um, being purchased with, along with Minecraft by Microsoft for $2.5 billion. I can't believe that was in 2014. That seems like it was only a few years ago, but they've had it for you know, nearly six years now. We've got Minecraft in schools for education purposes, and yeah. it's still going strong player-wise. It's been over 200 million sales, and the claim is there's 126 million players that are still playing every single month. And I, uh, I think we look at the impact of games over the last decade and uh, within the gaming industry, but also outside... And I don't think there's a lot that can reasonably compete with Minecraft, in all honesty, when you look at what that's done um, inside the sort of hardcore bubble that we live in and also people on the outside who may be casual gamers or not gamers at all. It really has made its imprint everywhere. Adkins, you had a cup of coffee with it. Do you have anything to say about Minecraft that you want to yeah. share? Um, yeah, so I bought it on... It must have been right when the original release, maybe back in... Maybe back as far as 2011, probably. Yeah. I bought it on the 360. Yeah. Um, I managed to get all the achievements. I don't think it was a very big achievement. Oh, 1,000 <laughs> G'd it. 1,000 G'd it. it. But I did I did play it for quite a while, if I remember. It was sort of... But there wasn't anything to it when I played it. It was just literally... I think I did mainly pick the sort of free modes, like where you just... You have no things. The All you had was just... Um, was it... Uh, what the creepers was it they used yeah, to come out the, the skeletons and the skeletons and yeah that's it and that was it there was no ender dragons or whatever they're called and how oh, yeah, we wizard different wizards. realms yeah you, d- you didn't have none of that when i first started so that's why i sort of it was good for a couple of weeks I had a bit of fun with it and sort of put it down but i always did think like i thought that this type of game is it would be so good in an educational sense for children i'm not saying it's a children's game but i just think it like you say the imagination it's so good for for giving kids that that tool to do whatever they want mm. uh, i'm not surprised that schools have picked it up and gone right here we go yeah yes yeah, so that's insane really I, I don't i'm sure there are other examples of that but I'm, yeah i'm struggling to think of of when and where that may have taken place but it's not just like people's creativity there's things like the redstone which is kind of used to a circuitry almost like you can apply lessons and logic to work in that and mm. it's just a, a new fun way of um of, of presenting the game i guess and there's there's now it's spawned so many different versions of it there's like there is actually an educational version of it specifically made oh. for schools and you know it's, yeah that's it's crazy been- that's been pretty crazy sort of sitting like taking a back seat from the game and moving on but just watching it grow like you had the telltale series you know yeah like just into they, they even have a, their own convention now is they like Minecon? yeah yeah it's unbelievable how big this is you sort of forget it's a show like this that you'll realize what a whopper it is really yeah it uh, i have is. not played i'm just trying to find my stats i don't think i can find them no. i see when the last time i played oh here it is here we go here we go i played it 2012 2012 there you go, there you may, go. may 2012 and that was the last time i played it over eight years ago <laughs> yeah, last time i switched minecraft on there you go agcock you didn't actually play minecraft but obviously being involved in the industry as you are as a guest on this 
very high profile podcast you you would have seen the growth and the impact that minecraft has made over the last decade surely yeah i mean i had a little knock around on mobile so i don't know how well down that version is so yeah i mean the, I one, the, one of the pluses of the game is it really you it runs as well as on a mobile device as it would on a two grand you know pc because it's the mm. simplicity of it makes it kind of playable on nearly any sort of platform i've even seen it run on a raspberry pi which is like cool. a homebrewed little shitter that's been put together but sorry oh. i interrupted you there no, it's all right. I mean, that's, it's interesting, isn't it? And uh, I think what gets me with it, having not played it, is I've seen like my little nephews and nieces come up. They start with like Roblox or whatever, yeah. and then this is generally the next thing. They a few of them have all moved on to, yeah. and you know, so the fact that like seven-year-olds are playing this and loving it, but then you've got people probably in their like fifties and sixties, as you say, recreating the towns they live in and building computers and whatnot. Like, there's not many games that have that broad appeal, no. but also have you know proper game mechanics you know wicked open world sandbox like you said it's it's uncomparable really isn't it there's nothing else really like it or has done it as well and no. you know it's 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 kind of like the at the best nintendo game that's not a nintendo game you know, it's got everyone it should have been on the wii really but they missed the boat massively <laughs> it is crazy how many carbon copies of it there are now as well you've got like oh, yeah. that dragon quest builders i think was on the switch and yeah. it's just like another one of these it's it's almost set its own genre yeah like hideo kojima <laughs> <laughs> death stranding of, of game of strands so the new blockhead yeah it's not blessed of the best graphics of the world we can all admit that but no. you know, it doesn't well, seem to put people RTX off game now isn't it oh yeah i've seen the rtx demos with the um with the ray tracing looks fucking ace so yeah it's crazy it's a massive massive game across the, the entire world and, and outside of the industry casuals and hardcores alike and i feel earns its, its spot proudly on the list and it's one of the earlier games the earliest game we've got in the decade 2011 and um i think it's good to have a game that's early in the generation and also a few that are towards the back end so we'll see which six we come up with but we're going to jump forward a couple of years to the summer of 2013 some say the summer of love others say the summer of no hope quarantine and infection rates which we are almost dealing with now ironically but we were blessed with the last of us adkins um june 2013 like i said take us away and why this is on our our nomination list for for game of the decade this was revolutionary Interesting. (laughs) interesting it blurred the line between films and gaming in my eyes yeah i think it it in in immersion in caring for characters um chuck away characters chuck away stories have always been labeled with some games yeah. you know the it's, game it's more about the gameplay who gives a shit about the story yeah, ignore the b-level b-film plot and just crack on with shooting people or whatever that's it that's what for the most of it this is one probably metal gear solid was the original but this took that same sort of thing where it made you care about the characters mm. um, and all like it just it was just such a perfect cast of yeah. characters as well that it wasn't there wasn't like a bad apple in there 
Um, every character you came across was quite interesting. Lots um, of shades of grey. Very dark, horrible. It's it's funny because at that time as well, 2013, there was so much zombie. Like it was the ra- the rise of zombie games. You had <laughs> yeah. bloody Dead Rising, Dead Island, the <laughs> zombie uh, COD games. Yeah. So people were sort of getting sick with zombies. Um, this come out and you sort of first thought is oh it's just another bloody uh, zombie game, but with the pedigree of Naughty Dog, who were lapping up things like Uncharted 2, which was like a critical acclaim, yeah. it brought that sort of thing to it. And it was just, it was, you just knew from watching that first E3 demo that there was, this game was going to be something special. Um, it mixed, yeah, that incredible story um, that takes you on a journey for like, oh, it's unbelievable. There's, there's videos of just people playing the first sort of 20 minutes. Mm. Like, like celebrities playing it in the first 20 minutes and you just see the looks on their faces it, yeah I don't think a game has ever touched me I mean that in, a, me? <laughs> in an emotional sense <laughs> um, as much as this has like in a lasting it's like when you watch one of those films that it's like I spoke a bit of a tearjerker or, so, or something that hit, connects with you. Just you like that think, Green Book, I tell you. That, <laughs> <laughs> something you, you, you when you put it down, you sort of you get to forget about it. But this sort of story and that, it sort of sits with you for weeks on end yeah. after or years, years on end, years after. Um, and that's just the story. The combat is is brilliant. Uh, it was your your naughty dog pedigree of uh, person action um but it brought in this this sort of survival horror element as yeah. well yeah. um and uh, invisible companions so <laughs> <laughs> so no I, it's 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 so hard to fault this game um and yeah I, I i'm just sort of lost for words about how good it is really yeah i mean the uh the story and the narrative is is excellent, and like you said, I think it was a bit of a a moment where they said actually games now can't really just they can, but they'll be penalised for passing the buck and doing a cheap story because yeah. we've, we've had this which blends great narrative and hard nosed, tense, brutal, in your face gameplay which comes together in a great package, and it does just have some sort of x factor i mean it's mm-hmm. it's you know seven years old now and yet people are still talking about it and that might be because yeah. of the impending release of the sequel but i, I still think even without that people no. will still be referring back to the last of us and it just has just a bit of special sauce that is it's, it's difficult to quantify in words mr mm. mr adcock you also have, have managed to be blessed enough to play through this game any any quick thoughts you want to share on the last of us I mean, it's pretty much echoing you guys at this point. But yeah, I think like my favourite stories in games up until this point are all the ones that are a bit like um, open for interpretation. You know, like less is more. Yeah. Um, uh, what's my favourite? Shadow of the Colossus and all of those weird. You know, we're weird Japanese. You don't know what's going on or yeah, yeah. inside. This is, as you've said already, like, it's, this is everything's up there. There's nothing for interpretation. It's taking on like Hollywood and pretty much winning like it is uh, the characters are amazing mm. um that the opening to this game like the first 25 minutes is some of my favorites yeah. favorite openings in video games ever 
characters the two like leads are absolutely amazing you really buy into their story some of like the situations they get you into i love my like survival horror yeah. I mean, it's not really survival horror but just such good no. horror set pieces it's got a flavor of that in there isn't it enough to... yeah man like yeah, they really when you're in those tunnels and those dark places and those fucking clickers are roaring around it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world it's so good it's so good i think you're going to focus on the story with this and rightly so and yeah yeah, yeah Naughty Dog. Because I've I've played the um, Uncharted games kind of in retrospect after I've played this. Oh, wow. I bet there's a shocking tone shift. Yeah, it was. From, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and especially for like, where they've really obviously tried to up their game. And Nathan Drake is a wicked character, and they've mm. really tried. They do well to like bring that brother back in and try yeah. and get you on board like emotionally. But it just can't compete with this. This one just heats it out of the park in that respect and that's why everyone's so up for this sequel that's coming out in what just a couple of weeks now yeah yeah no it's, a, it's certainly yeah fantastic certainly an excellent game and uh and one that will live long in many people's memory who who played it um i actually didn't have a ps3 at the time when it came out i borrowed it off of reeves in the end and, and played through it sort of within the first couple of weeks which was handy but Imagine also, missing that. Imagine missing The Last of Us because you didn't have a PS3. Uh, that would have been a devastator. Also one that brought out a DLC package months. Was it months after or a year later? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was, wasn't too far after, but yeah, it was uh, Left Behind, wasn't it? The, the that DLC. was it, Left, Left Behind. And a lot of these games, there's some, some great games like Horizon and Spider-Man. That, they've both released DLC and I've not touched it at all, to be honest. Spider-Man's to and Biff binned. Um, Horizon. Horizon, but we can't trust Biff's opinion on most things. He bins everything. No, true. But to carry on that pedigree and to you know a lot of people rate the DLC as well. Mm. Um, so it was just showing that they could consistently continue this this pedigree charm. Yeah, and they churn <laughs> it out some more. So give us some more. Yeah, I can't remember who brought it up when we was all talking about this. Like, so when we was rating these games, and yeah, it's probably one of my favourite DLC packs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you pointed out, Joe, really good point how they kind of fix that thing of actually having the zombies and clickers mixed in with the humans oh, yeah. and fighting each other. Yeah. Like they didn't have that in the main game vanilla, yeah. but they've added it into the DLC. It was a nice touch. Cause I always remember thinking that was the one thing mm, kind yeah. of missing. It was great. Just pitting them off against each other and sort of thinning out the herd. And then whoever you was left with, it made it a far easier sort of room to go and clear because you'd have half the you know the clickers or the the infected had already ripped either ripped the humans to shreds or they'd blown them away so it was a, a definitely a great little mechanic that they introduced to the to the dlc and also filled in a sort of a gap within the main game which i thought was quite nice there's a period of time where it skips and um it was nice to see what actually took place and went on but yeah last of us you know fantastic game june 2013 um next on our list is another 2013 release which i am sure meant there was some very heated game of the year discussions just between these two games alone it's grand theft auto 5 it is the juggernaut adcock i'd like you to start here because what i like about your perspective now is that you played through the campaign back in the day maybe when it re-released on the ps4 i can't remember but you've you've, that was a few years back now um but recently you've been diving into the world of gta online which is a part of gta 5 with a bunch of pals and that to me gives you an interesting perspective on on really what a great package overall gta 5 is yeah um yes i originally played this just a campaign 
I think probably it was on PS4, maybe late 2014. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then had a huge gap, and I've come back to it now, like Q1, Q2, 2020. Yeah, mate, this is amazing. I don't know where you even begin on this one. Um, I mean, (laughs) it is like as close to a living, breathing world as you're ever going to get, open world game. Yeah. I mean, they're so smart with how they do this. Everything looks like it's accessible even though it's not like every house every shop and whatnot Mm. they do a great job of this it still looks amazing like you know i mean for the size of it and the quality they've stamped all over it the campaign i mean you've got three characters for the first time or more than one for the first time i should say in a gta you've got franklin uh trevor and michael uh all really good protagonists um super fun Someone told me this recently. Apparently, they're for the three different play styles. Like, you got yes. Franklin, who, if you're the sort of guy who goes around buying everything and yeah. pimping everything up, you got uh, Trevor, if you want to go fucking batshit crazy. I <laughs> don't know what Michael was now. It's just sort but, of like the way yeah, I see, the, the free perspective is something I really enjoy because I sort of role played each of them almost to a T of what you've explained there. I used Trevor just if I wanted to go on a rampage and I had no qualms about having him just murder people in cold blood franklin was sort of like as you said a bit of a baller he used to go around spending all his money buying nice clothes buying all the nice cars filling out his garage he might steal the odd car now and again he didn't mind getting his hands dirty and with michael i tried to sort of part of one of the stories they're trying to tell is that he's trying to get away from it all he's kind of like semi-retired from the life of crime so i was trying to be a law-abiding citizen as best i could with michael um day to day but i personally really enjoyed having those free perspectives and i thought that the fact that you could almost switch that you could you could switch them at any point in the game meant you could do as much or as little as um as you'd like of each of them and then when you switch back to another character always i'm sure it was a trick i'm sure it was a trick but it always felt like they were doing something you always caught them in the middle of doing something else yeah which was nice it made it feel like they were just on the map roaring around and you could make them meet up actually and run them over and stuff which led to some funny things but yeah, the free perspective thing definitely, I thought was a was really well executed. Yeah, man. So you've got that. You can just literally fire this game up for fifteen minutes and cause absolute havoc. I mean, you've always been able to do that on GTA, but this is just as good as all the previous incarnations. The online, I mean, it could almost be its own separate game. Really, going back into this, it will be one day. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll mm. detach one day and be gta online i can't see how it yeah i remember seeing this a few years ago and thinking it looked mental there's some flying cars and there was like racetracks in the (laughs) sky and i was like what the fuck is that but (laughs) once you actually get into it and also you know you sort of think what's the learning curve going to be the people have been playing this now for seven years like am i going to be left behind Mm. but i've jumped on with three other mates the heists are so much fun like yeah rather than feeling like you're just kind of wasting your night away there's like you know actual tick boxes to do and missions to complete much like in the main campaign but you're doing it with your friends it's amazing i've got into the racing side of things i mean i've not played forza and stuff in ages but and i know this isn't that but it's a pretty competent racer and like the races are really fun um and i think you said something oh yeah i think it was you said it basically it's hard to look past that if you can only take one game with you to a desert island with an internet connection yeah. This arguably is the one that I would want. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this game is fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue even without the internet connection, you could still <laughs> play it, not just with the campaign characters and, and, and have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, I mean, it's it constantly appears in like top selling of the month still. 
<laughs> like it crashed the Epic Games store. Who hasn't got it by now? It's I know. unbelievable. I know. Who has not got this game? And yet it goes free on Epic and yeah, crashed the storefront for hours and hours on end, even though it was a whole week for people to get it. It's, it's madness. But to be honest, I was one of those people trying to get it because I wanted it on PC. <laughs> so I've had it on 360, PS4, and now um, now PC via Epic as well. Uh, Adkins, we we were yeah. lucky or unlucky enough to do some heist together with paper oh, in tow, which caused some. I some, some of the best gaming <laughs> moments of my life. That was. That's <laughs> all it is. They were funny <laughs> nights. If you head over to our Twitch channel, which is Dimp Dimp Live, sorry, there are clips from our attempted heist where. Oh. It's nearly always paper that's causing just <laughs> me to have like an aneurysm. I was felt I was going to heart attack with him in tow because it's just a, a liability. But yeah, they were some extremely fun nights. They were. It was. It's just. It just shows the sort of breadth of this game. Like it's one of those games that anyone can play. Mm. I've got like you guys. I consider like my the hardcore gamer friends. I've got friends like Yellow Boots, Nick yeah. Rowe. They yeah. just play FIFA the odd bit here. They, they I've got like Yellow Boots. That's all he plays is FIFA. He's, he play, he bought this game and completed it and said it was like the best thing he's ever played. <laughs> well, yeah. it's so versatile. It, the game is so well done that I literally got lost in Los Angeles on my honeymoon <laughs> managed to figure my way out by remembering where to go on GTA <laughs> I was up near the Hollywood Hills and I remembered how to get out and get down to the main uh, fucking walk of fame thing yeah because of GTA 5 well, there you go it's a mobile <laughs> map as well yeah. it's just lost. incredible like it's there's so much to do there's so much to see like echoing you you can just go on for 15 minutes there was time there was nights when i'd just go on and i'd set like a little game in my head just if i could break into this like military and steal a jet jet. and that was (laughs) i just all night i'd just spend that just seeing if i can get away from five stars yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was great yeah we, we online we spent hours doing that definitely yeah. there's no reward for it it was just for the oh. sake of it it was just trying to get your car launch it over the gate sprint to the nearest jet without hopefully getting mowed down by the army and then getting the jet out of there and causing absolute carnage but they just keep adding and adding to the online aspect as well mm. which some people see as a criticism because we never got our single player campaign uh, DLC which we had with GTA 4 and, and the likes of that but the online package from where it even started with no heists they did not launch with heists to where it is now is insane like another one that's had a, a constant evolution throughout the decade and something that I think uh, that makes it a very strong candidate in this list I that. logged in the other day and there's a fucking casino there now oh I've even been in there I don't know if Cock, you've gone to the casino yet but yeah mate I've walked around there often yeah <laughs> win a car and win there's a heist in it apparently yeah I feel like that's the final heist now, is the casino heist. Yeah. Incredible. It makes me want to go back on and do the heist now, but it seems like a long shot. The the best thing I ever did in GTA, in any GTA game, um, was was in GTA 5 and GTA Online. I... um, you obviously get, you can buy an apartment. I had a nice penthouse apartment. I was sort of flogging. I invited Biff round, Logan round, Paper round, uh, just to come around and have a little party, just to fuck about. Again, we spent hours just inside the apartment pissing around, and 
through my connections on the game where I was sort of a bit of a ball, a bit of a player, I invited around one of the local strippers to um <laughs> to, to give us sort of a, a private dance and whatnot. Got Biff sitting down in his little chair. Stripper comes over, gives him a little dance, quickly got a picture of it, put it on Facebook, and he's never been able to live that down. I think that's... Just said that to his wife. Yes. <laughs> really caused a rift within that relationship. But what other game other than GTA could you do that? that? Incredible. Madness. Absolute madness. Um, 2015 is our next stop, and it is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Wow. Now, what a great fucking game this is. Yeah. For me, this is the benchmark for action RPGs now. Like yeah. you again, we talk about The Last of Us doing this with storytelling and whatnot in in games. This is now like this is the benchmark for action RPGs in terms yeah. of making sure everything that you put in that game is worth doing and worth playing. Like every quest you go on, there's there's no boring side quests, filler jobbies that plague RPGs in particular. So normally so much bloat to, Mm. to these big games. And this is a big game, but it's all worthwhile doing. And I like the fact that you take the role of Geralt and he's Geralt. He has his own past. And this is the third entry of the series, which a lot of people won't be familiar with. But you've still got agency over him to deal with quests in a number of different ways. And they have short-term and and long-term ramifications. Music is fucking ace as well. The the world or the environment, whatever you you want to call it, is is top draw. The the trees, they start bending and crackling as the wind picks up. Then suddenly it's pissing down with rain. It's just such a great transition that makes the environment feel real almost. Like, it's not just a map with weather effects slapped on top. Like, it feels like the world transitions and cycles proper kind of weather and makes you feel the changes in those weather uh, weather zones. And if you want more, after the dozens and dozens and dozens of hours that the base game offers, then it has, in my view, the best DLC expansion pass of any game. Like, Blood and Wine is like a new game, offers you a completely new map, new story characters to interact with hearts of stone is like a great expansion on the base game and together they combine themselves to about another 40 or 50 hours of content all at the sort of high top level that the witcher 3 has to has to offer and also those that know know but those that don't uh, that they just don't but gwent is the bollocks the the card game gwent is absolutely fantastic adkins Mm. take us away any thoughts on the witcher 3 Ah, oh, incredible. Um, as I said, with It gave us the uh, term botchling, which we, exactly. which we use in our we film reviews. <laughs> yes, we, we now use the botchling. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, was, it came out as well at a time where like, Game of Thrones was peak yes. um, yeah. in everyone's interest. So everyone was loving that sort of action fantasy setting. Mm. And then... Witcher 3 came out and it just I just remember seeing the trailers and a bit of gameplay and it just, I just was sucked in at how good this game looked. Yeah. I skipped the first one which is not normally the way of the Adkins way. No, but that is almost unplayable that first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That bad. that now. What I I've always said I'd love to see number 1 in Freeze Engine. That would be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Do them all. Uh, but whipped through number 2 just to get a bit of backstory and then well when 
playing through free. As I said with uh, La Last of Us being revolutionary with bl- blurring the lines of story and that, this, like you said earlier, it made the side quests not arbitrary and used for levelling. Yeah, this was just like an expansion to the story when it? it was yeah. you had your main quest it didn't become main quest side quest they were just all quests yeah. that were interesting um, incredible like the RPG meant the decisions and choices you could make the options you could you really could just make your own Geralt you could make him a, a, a grumpy a comedic grumpy old bastard or yeah. heroic you know it, possibilities were endless um, you can make him wear what he wants. The yeah. combat, oh, well, the combat was so satisfying. Yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to 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 fault this game at all. It's a lengthy one, which normally you turn your nose up at it, but not not once. I think I played. My, mine was quite a short playthrough. I think mm. I played it for about seventy six hours, <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, but this type of game. Uh, but not for not one hour of this was I ever think sitting there thinking, right, the ending must be coming up. I was happily satisfied throughout, yeah. and I was challenged. It was a nice challenge of a game. Um, yeah. it, you just le- every you, you, every time you pick it up, you sort of learn something new about it. Yeah. Um, you could just go into a town and just do shit, whatever you wanted. It's incredible. Yeah, it was it was a great game. And and is and is still a great game to this day. Adcock, you have played this, but for your own self admission, kind of felt like you didn't play it properly. You barreled through it as 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 quickly as you could. But in that in that sort of whistle stop tour of of The Witcher, um, how did you find? Did you still enjoy the sort of rapid speed run playthrough that you that you put together on it? Yeah, man, it's I love this game. It's it's so good. I just wish I'd had more time and actually, you know, I think. It, I played it only last year. Yeah. I had a bunch of games around it. So yeah, I probably played about, I mean, I say I barreled through it probably still 45, 50 hours. Like <laughs> yes. it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was near the end. I think I was only two thirds through the game. It's, yeah. it's top heavy at that last stage, but considering I missed uh, one and two as well. And obviously this, you know, doesn't hold your hand with the story. You've got to like listen and work out what's going on and it throws you in the middle of things for sure it's not like a hard reset no it does a great job of like bringing it you know a newbie on board and it's pretty deep with like the rpg systems and stuff but Mm. i'm definitely not that way inclined and you know you can kind of pick and choose how you play the game and like as you say gwen i never even touched it at the first first game and then i didn't bother with any of those cards and i'm probably missing out big time there but i spent fucking hours playing that I was entering I tournaments, collecting all the cards, I was doing all sorts. Loving it. I, and also, cool. go on. I was just going to say, they actually brought out a, a separate game <laughs> of Gwen. Yeah. They spun it off it into its own game, which is mad. <laughs> I think it was like after we played it and I was talking to you and was just discussing like what we did. Oh, by the way, that botched in is amazing. That was, <laughs> first, that was the first bit. I was like, fucking hell. Sort of tried to... I don't know what I did to him, but he fucking went ape shit and grew about fifty feet. But <laughs> you remember when we were talking about that? I think he's the bloody Baron or something. Yeah, and yeah. we were talking about his story, Fred. And I had no idea like how different the outcomes can be because I think for you he ended up topping himself, right? Yeah, it was a sad day in 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 my life when I come back and I found him hanging from the trees. <laughs> 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 fucking hell, what have I done here to deserve this? 
and yeah, for me, it was so different. And to think, mate, if I was a kid with not much money and someone bought me that and you realise how different you can have a playthrough on that. Yeah. It's, like, it's so good. And you guys already said it, but like story-wise, for an open-world game, it's absolutely... You've got almost like um, Last of Us sort of storytelling, but in an open world. That's really tough to do, to like stretch out, out a story outrageous. over it. For a game where you can just not be touching the main story for hours on end, it, it never feels like it's it's always there lurking and you're always filled in and clued up with what's going on. And just the, the side quests always seem like just added supportive content that's just building your Geralt as a, as a character. And uh, It'd probably give me the hardest choice in any game cool. of, of deciding who to stick a cock up. <laughs> it was so hard to decide which one I wanted to give a good length into. I was like, Fuck. I, I think I did both in the end, but I really paid a penalty for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that is no game will find a harder choice than that. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't put any punch. punch. It's certainly a an adult themed game, but I think that's what sort of us older gamers sometimes appreciate is a is a bit of. <laughs> You know, a bit of a bit of grittiness and and whatnot, but yeah, which the characters as well, like yeah, Jennifer. Yeah. They've even made like a Netflix television show based off it. And it ain't the fucking books that's caused that. I don't care what people say. <laughs> no. they, they weren't making that show until the game came along and blew yeah. up. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, that was I'm not happening. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's crazy. This this you know now a TV show. Um, which is also very good. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Um, 2017, March 2017, is our penultimate stop on this little journey. Uh, we've got The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a Switch launch title, which was also available on the Wii U. So you could argue it's actually a Wii U port. In any case, okay. we're only going to get bogged down the technicalities. Agcock... <laughs> Out of the three that are sitting here doing this podcast, you're now Mr. Mr. Nintendo, and you actually played, if I'm not mistaken, Breath of the Wild on its native Wii U. So you tell us what makes Breath of the Wild so special since you're here to defend Nintendo's honour. Barren wasteland, mate. Nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I did play it on the Wii U. Yeah, I had. To, I was probably one of the seven people that had that console, and I was like, right, I'm going to send this off in style. And, yeah, well, uh, why not? Bought, bought myself a copy of uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean this is a great game. Um, I, I remember like first booting it up, the first three hours, like the like the nostalgia. Like it was the first time for Zelda they'd become always good quality but like quite uh, form i can't even say the word like they followed a certain formula uh, of, for, yeah, the, yeah exactly yeah exactly formulaic. tried and tested by this point it was always you know get your free pendants then the next bit of story opens up then go and do seven dungeons and then get the final boss it was very by the book at this point normally two different worlds so this one felt different and felt exciting i think the fact that i mean it, the switch has had some decent games since then a lot but this absolutely was the game they needed. Anything other than this, that could have been an absolute disaster for that console. Yeah. But this was the right game at the right time. It really seemed as well for Zelda to kind of like pick up the momentum. What was the one before that? Skyward Sword, maybe. It was a yeah. bit of a dud um, for Zelda. And this one just kind of, you know, the reviews started coming in and it was like 10 out of 10, 40 out of 40, 5 out of 5. I just remember like, 
you know, it got me so hyped for it. And I think I was about six months late to the party. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is a little bit of an empty world, to be fair. But my biggest like plus for this game is that of all the open world games I've played, this is probably the the most true. The fact that you can do the first couple of things, so you get your little um, glider, yeah. and from there, if you know how and can do it, there's nothing stopping you going on and taking on Ganon yeah. in the first what 45 minutes, hour, I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know if any other game does that. The whole thing is open to you. For a Zelda game, you've got all your abilities from the first couple of hours again. And then Hyrule's yours to go and explore. Yeah. Um, not the most deep storyline, I'll give you that. But if you go and get those memories, it's quite nice, quite simple. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely recommend anyone who hasn't played it to do that bit, even if you have to. I had to Google them, it was ridiculous. Some of them are pretty <laughs> obvious, but after that, it is insane. But all the sort of, you know, nostalgic races and characters are there, but it doesn't really ram it home too much. It feels really new. Um, you know, you've got dynamic weather, you have to cook for yourself, you've got all those kind of RPG elements, but again, they're quite light, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, the saw, I know you're what your uh, Achilles heel with this game, the older uh, weapons degrading at a rather yeah. rapid rate annoys some people, but yeah, very different for a Zelda game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's It's probably most people's... I don't know if it is most people's favourite. It's got to be in everyone's top three of a series that's one of the most iconic in video games. So this mm. is a very, very, very good video game. I don't think I've spent or played too many open world games and almost universally been rewarded for exploring. Like, yeah. you just kind of go... I sort of would go somewhere and think, this has to be just a dead end of nothingness. And... 9.5 times out of 10 there was something there was either a weapon or a chest or a little Kurok seed or just there was a puzzle there was just something there almost around every corner if you were if you took the time to explore it and I kind of done a, a playthrough where I did a sort of 50 50 I, I started off doing that and then soon sort of went right let me get through all these fucking what they call the divine beasts and yeah and take this fucker down but you could you could systematically just go to different areas of that game and find something and if it wasn't something direct you might even pick up a little journal that, that gives you a clue where some treasure is hidden and it won't mark it on the <laughs> on the map for you it's up to you to know where the where the s-shaped river is and the the waterfall that, that, that beckons off the sunset and, and seek that out. So getting familiar with areas of the, the, the world and the map was, was not essential, but certainly added another string to Breath of the Wild's bow that a lot of games just don't do. They just chuck a, a waypoint on there. You go there, do what you need to do, and then and you bugger off, and, and that's fine, and that's all well and good. But Breath of the Wild did something a lot different in that in that aspect, and the, the powers that you get, the abilities that you get, um, you know, from the get-go, also give you lots of versatility in how to take down enemies, more than what I think anyone really, really appreciates. If you just look online at what you can do with those powers, it's insane with the physics and, and the engine they've, they've put into place there. Um, Adkins, this was a, a Switch launch title. Both, I believe we both got the Switch either on launch yeah. or close to launch, and this was the first game we got. So you must, this was... This is the switch seller for you. How did you find yeah. your experience with Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I really loved it. I think 
building up to it as well. Um, I played, I think, uh, Ocarina of Time was my first big um, uh, Zelda game. Yeah. And then uh, leading up to this coming out and after re- like knowing I was going to be getting a Switch day one with this, uh, played through Twilight Princess, which I really liked. So I, I was of that same as well. I knew that, that sort of style and almost structure of the game was it was of a Zelda thing was coming but yeah this it seems to have set a precedent in sort of rebooting this was the first of that I can think of where it sort of completely rebooted their franchise mm. and f- uh, as a plus you know a lot of people loved the old games um and you'd think that there would have been a bit of a backlash of how much they've changed it yeah. but when you see the sort of critic reviews and that and you know how much this game is loved um, and to be a launch title, normally when you look back on, you know, look back at the PS4's launch titles and you're looking at like Killzone, <laughs> Shadow Fall, yeah. whatever it's called. Fuck well, me, yeah. for this, knack. I mean, they're, yeah, knack. and this is your this is your first game on the console, and it's uh, absolutely phenomenal. The thing that blew my mind was, like you said, about the physics and when there's like I, what I love doing with some games is on I watch videos on YouTube of like little hidden features of like there's videos of like oh Breath of the Wild amazing features you may have missed oh yeah yeah and it's stuff like going up into the chilly cold mountains and if you eat like a hot chilli pepper that'll keep you a little bit warm yeah. for a little while yeah cooking the, like you say the, the physics in this game you can do so many cool things with it um, climbing up a mountain you think oh, I can get up there and then your fucking stamina bar kicks in and you're like nope or it pisses <laughs> down with fucking rain so you can't climb up it so it's yeah. stuck slipping it is it is incredibly um, lifelike in that way for a cartoon Zelda um, <laughs> it looked gorgeous as well I must say well, on that Even fucking handheld it, yeah I mean it's impressive uh, to get that in there and get it on the that- Wii U really yeah, that's the thing as well, which blew my mind. Obviously, not having access to EU, but that how big that open world was, and like Echo said, you could go where and when you wanted. Yeah. And to fit that into a little console, you can take up and have a shit with it. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah, one of the, I mean, the physics was definitely something that stood out for me. I remember there was very early on in my first playthrough, I was in the stage of I've got I had a load of apples that I'd collected, and then I soon learned you could cook the apples, and it gives you a little bit more health back. So I remember I, I gathered up about you could carry like four or five apples in your hand at one time. So I found a, a bonfire, lit the bonfire, and I was like, right, got all my apples, and I thought, right, I'm going to go plonk these down, cook them, put them in my inventory, and then I'm going to be quids in later on down the line. And literally, as I went to put them down, this gust of wind come along and blew <laughs> all my apples just across the map, like off and down. And I lost, <laughs> I lost all of them, and I was like, fucking hell. But at the same point, I was really impressed that the game had even had that sort of level of physics programmed into it, that even just the wind, just a random gust of wind would blow my apples away and uh, and I lost them. But yeah, it is is a game where you think you know what you can do in that game until, like you said, you look at the videos of stuff you would have missed. Mm. It's insane. Like I didn't I didn't shield surf. I didn't know you could no, do that. Fucking, you can, incredible. You can, you can surf down the mountains on your shield. So <laughs> Breath of the Wild, certainly a, a great game and critically acclaimed. And yeah, on the Wii U as well. But that's what really kicked the Switch launch off for sure. A lot Definitely. of people were getting one just for that. Our final stop, Oof. April 2018. Ooh. God of War. Kratos oh. Returns. 
Adkins, take us away with our... Well, that one. I did just say about Breath of the Wild being a reboot. Well, now this could be king of the reboots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I was a, I am and always have been a huge God of War fan since one. Loved the hack and slash. Loved this brutal story. But I was always aware that Kratos was this one-dimensional angry bastard. Um, <laughs> didn't have any sort of personality towards him. I, I saw in one game, I think I may have even played through it, he, he put a woman in between a giant cog on the floor and just sort of let her get crushed. That's like, it, yeah. <laughs> I thought, who is this Kratos? And why should I care about this old fuck who's just destroying it, people? He, he's one. He's got to be one of the most barbaric characters in gaming. <laughs> like, literally, he's got like, well, I think it was four, four or five games just of him, his revenge. Yes. Uh, that is literally all the games are. It's just his pure revenge, and they're making each one more brutal as it was. Um, I fucking love those games. And then this one came along. And the love increased even further because, yeah, like I say, this is the king of the reboots. Um, it was taking that franchise and just giving it the sort of... It's like The Last of Us love. It gives you that that story. As I say, it's a one-dimensional character. It gave Kratos a personality. Yeah. It pits him into a, uh, a situation you would never, ever dream of putting him in in becoming uh, a father yeah, um, and sending him on this journey, a, a simple journey as well, you know, in terms of story-wise. This is one, a simple story, um, but it's, the game is about the journey of getting from that A to B. Yeah. And gameplay-wise, it has some of the best combat in, it's, it's sort of a, a hybrid of, hack and slash it still has that nostalgic element but it's more sort of um modernized for like people of all it's the type of game where anyone can play as well you don't have to be someone like me who's obsessed with the lore and Mm. and knows it you can come in straight from this one and you will see what this game is about and understand why it's so good and one thing that i have to point out is that it my, I think it's the first game to do it, but uh, the game to be shot in one consecutive uh, cut, almost. Obviously, I'm sure it wasn't, but you know the way they've made the game. No uh, camera cuts, see, yeah. No camera cuts whatsoever. No loading screens going into different realms, no. whatnot. It's it is truly sensational. But yeah, that Leviathan axe being able to. You t- taking Kratos' signature weapons away and giving him a brand new one, that was a bold and risky move, and it absolutely paid off yeah. because it's now given him one of the best tools in gaming, I'd say. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. A f- brilliant. V- very, <laughs> very few things feel better than chucking the axe through three enemies and it just yeah. sort of burying itself into a tree in the distance smashing and cracking some skulls a few enemies and then recalling the axe much like Thor's hammer and watching yep. it come all the way back through and then just as a little cherry on the top just slicing an enemy as it comes through and taking them <laughs> down like, there's very very few action parts of a game that um, that are more satisfying than that I think I read somewhere that you can drop the axe from like one side of the map and it won't 
disappear or teleport it will stay there until you recall it and take uh, the, the time that it would normally t- I mean, obviously it probably clips through the environment and whatnot but yeah, yeah it still stays there if you're on the other side of the fucking map and will eventually wow. get get back into your hand but there's some there's some real good technical bits and pieces into the game I had some interesting moments in it in terms of little bits of like metroidvania i'm thinking about that big lake and how you, oh, yes. how you open up new areas to go had obviously main quest there was there was side quests to be going on yeah um, which was the first for the series yeah didn't didn't have any of that before and for me personally this is a little bit of a, a redemption story seeing it make the the top six and and being mm-hmm. with a shout of, of winning this thing because in our historic digital game of the year awards in in 2018 this was mm. beaten out by red dead redemption 2 in a yeah. in a controversial not by the numbers vote by the entire team and yeah. that was simply down to people just playing <laughs> red dead yeah. to do more. but i honestly think that this is one of the the best action games out there and it has a narrative that's mature good like mm. as you said completely redefines a, a one-dimensional character into a fully fledged 3d he's a father damn it now he's <laughs> and pound for pound if you strip back what a, a video game is i think mm. this is perhaps the best of the lot like just in terms of just pure video game sense it kind of just hits every marker that you would want out of a modern video game yeah. and, and goes yep we've, we've got that and we've done it better than most so yeah the set pieces in this game were some mind-blowing like the first yeah. encounter with an enemy yeah, yeah like uh, like a, a semi-boss or whatever you want to call it but just that first fight i still watch that back on youtube and yeah. just sort of just it just blows my mind how seamless it goes from cutscene into combat yeah and then back into co- back into cutscene and just how incredible the experience is. Yeah, it's really one of a kind. Yeah. Adcock, you also had the pleasure of steaming through God of War. Any any further positive thoughts that you want to loud on onto the, the twenty eighteen edition of the of the game? Crimey, you guys have covered this well, but I would say yeah, similarly, um well, going a bit different to you, two of my favourite boss battles ever. The first one with the guy who turns out to be like the main antagonist amazing yeah. and then one middle way through big dragon that's absolutely fucking breathtaking yeah um i don't think you spoke about this i'll go with this um companion like your son yeah. in oh. it is actually you know one of the criticisms <laughs> yeah. of last of us is invisible companions like bumping into things and not causing any like hindrance to you taking you out of the immersion this kid is actually really good he's like a competent fighter actually can help you out with those like arrows and whatnot he makes sense in the story he's like deciphering the language because he's grown up in that world and kratos is as thick as two planks struggling (laughs) with the basics (laughs) and like their relationship's really good it's actually quite funny i don't know who the actor is or the name of the actual character now but that like head that follows you around is is fucking brilliant really like it really adds to it um story is brilliant and really then only what you guys have already said it like as an action game it's unrivaled really that axe is fucking amazing yeah that that yeah. little that little head follow that he he sort of clips onto his belt that follow, I can't again I've forgotten his bloody no, name but he's he's bloody hilarious and what's good is that he when you're when you're driving or, or rowing around the lake he then will suddenly start a story about the the law of the world yeah. so not only have you got Kratos' son 
you know, reading off things and the bits, you, bits and pieces you find deciphering. But you've got him there telling you about all the characters that you've heard of, that you're hearing in cutscenes, that you're, you're being, here being mentioned and giving you a bit of backstory on them. And the real cherry on top is that if you, before he's finished the story, if you then get to a point where you want to shoreline and sort of go out and explore the world, he will stop and say, okay, time to get on with business and save the sort of conversation there. When you then return to the boat, he'll pick up where he left off and be like, oh, where did I get to? Oh, it was here. And then continue the story. So normally that will trip a dialogue, you know, a complete story and dialogue session to be lost in most games. Like if you move too far forward too quickly, you just never hear that line of dialogue. But here they knew that people might just be going quickly from A to B and would save the the progress of that conversation, that story. And then when you got back in the boat, you would, you would have it finished oh. off. So... Man like Mimir. Mimir, that's him. <laughs> oh. Mimir, incredible. Yeah. I've seen tattoos of him. I think I'll want to get one just just of him because he's fucking incredible. He's he is amazing. Mm. Well, that's our on our, our candidates or nominees for for game of the decade, and that is that is our six games of the decade. That's now undisputed. They're locked in. Now, just have a short transition break where we break away, do some quick personal favourite games because I think some of these games that are favourites on here obviously but there's also a lot of games that you know perhaps we maybe didn't like as much as what the other people did or, or whatnot. It was a it was a group effort to put this list together. Um so we'll take a little break with that before we reveal the the overall winner. Um I'm gonna kick off with my six and it's got three of the games that we've mentioned. So we've got GTA five, The Witcher Three and then this was tough, but God of War made it, and it beat out The Last of Us, knocked it knocked it out of the rankings. Jesus. And then the other three were replaced with absolute personal picks, favourites of mine. Mass Effect 2, which is the best of the series, like excellent RPG and uh, great story, Great dialogue choices. That's just a great series altogether. That's just that's the end of Mass Effect. It's brilliant. Um, the Walking Dead, Telltale's breakthrough game that came out in 2012. I mean, we talk about narratives in games. We talk about decision making. That's a real that puts you through the ring of that game emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, Biff used to play it on the way to work on his phone. Another game that's versatile. He played on his phone, and he said he'd get to work and feel like he'd already done a day's work after playing an episode of The Walking Dead because it is just a, a stressful experience and you, it's never a right choice in that game but that was great and then one of my favourites controversial but uh, I'll always say it's one of my favourites and that's The Last Guardian I bloody love that game Little Trico mm-hmm. you talk about the the emotional moments that's the one that got me so there's no yeah. way that's never going to make it onto my my personal top six. So yeah, that's that's my six: Mass Effect Two, GTA Five, The Last Guardian, The Walking Dead, The Witcher Three, and God of War. Adkins, take us away with your six. Cool. Um, it's the same six as we've just spoken about. Next, <laughs> it is pretty much. But there is one I wanted to add on to because I can't remember my six. Um, I, I'd go with the with my top three was definitely Last of Us. Uh, GTA 5 just pips above God of War for me. Yeah. So I've got those in my top three. Um, I'd go Witcher 3 on top of that. 
Yeah. Uh, I'd then probably go Red Dead Redemption 2. I know it's similar to GTA 5 in terms of its uh, type of game. and Great game. Spent hours in that world with no one And there's one, one for me as well that I don't think we give this a mention maybe i can't maybe there was a little bit but it's certainly one of my still favorite games and that's bioshock infinite cool don't let biffy say that yeah. it's that game <laughs> I, I love, love it as well game. i think it's a great game i think it's really yeah good. um and i i think i thought it was earlier than 2010 but it's 2013 so Christ. um yeah I, I think i give special love to that game um some great characters and yeah that was yeah, a change so, in direction wasn't it because it's oh, it was yeah after one and two like it I, I like one is still one of my favorite games ever yeah uh and three i just yeah I, I just thought the story was it was one of those games where you, like adcock said where you could sort of you had room for interpretation and yeah. stuff and it was yeah it was an incredible it just looked so amazing that world so yeah i'm gonna stick that on my list lovely jubbly mr adcock Give us your personal so got, Yeah, so I've got three that we've already spoke about. Last of Us, GTA, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Damn. And then my add-ons, I've got Street Fighter 4. I love oh. my one-on-one fighters. And this yeah. is my probably my favourite. It's probably it's pound for pound. I've enjoyed it more than I did the original Street Fighter 2 back in the day. Yeah. Playing Which online is so much that? fun. <laughs> you mean like of the updates or yeah there's about 400 arcade edition super yeah, arcade edition <laughs> just vanilla whatever first come out is one i've played most <laughs> yeah, but you had yeah. so like compared to five like where you had to unlock everything four had everything there from day one yeah like so much fun all the updates they did were like good i missed these a few street fire iterations between this i didn't play three didn't play uh, some of the alpha games, so it'd been a while. I fucking love this game. Yeah. Um, Bloodborne. Oh, hard yeah. Hard pressed yeah. between, yeah, like of the Soulsborne's games, but I think Bloodborne it was the first one I played, right. and it was the most modern at the time. And I think uh, like the combat in that game, the like, uh, atmosphere, the bosses, the fucking the setting in that game yeah it's incredible it, it still looked great even though I played it like three years after it came out yeah. and nothing would beat the uh, feeling of getting past some of those bastard hard bosses <laughs> it's, it's unrivaled in gaming those things so love Bloodborne um, last one you've already spoke about Walking Dead yeah. uh, you put me onto this yeah. and I, to be honest I've not really played many of those other games um, it peaked in the man. series yeah i played the second one and i really just didn't enjoy it as much but that first one man like as you say i'm a bit of a cold bastard but i think that nearly had me in tears at the end that game mm, it was yeah. so good wiping out duck no problem little shit he had to go <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, that game is incredible so they're my six i would just like to throw because i don't think this is cheating because it's not even a game but the game that I'd really like to play that never was a game, PT. Oh, I yeah. wish that had got done because I fucking love that playable demo. It's amazing. So annoying. I've still got that in my library on thing, but you can't download it because it's... There's people that sell PS4s of it pre-installed already and it goes, oh. they go for silly money. Like, yeah, I've still got it, man. Well, mate, keep hold of that and then put it on auction. <laughs> you make thousands, I reckon. Well, not thousands, but yeah. <laughs> what a moment in gaming that was because that was just shadow dropped Incredible. randomly yeah no one knew what it was no one knew what it was to do with pt what the fuck's that you know it turned out to be a playable teaser for silent hills 
I mean, the, the game that never was, but I mean, that was just insane marketing wise. And what a, that's a terrifying game, to be honest. Um, and it's not even that long, but it's not a, it's not a, a nice experience to go through, I'd say. But, um, Digital's first ever video. Yes, it was. It was Digital. Launched off the back of that, yeah. yeah. A little walkthrough on how to get this, the ending because it was actually a fucking, as Kojima, you know, as we know, he likes to do sometimes, it was a fucking rigmarole to get the ending. Mm-hmm. And you never knew when that mad slapper was going to jump out and jump on your oh, face. Wow. So you always, I was always constantly uneasy, even recording that, knowing what to do. Um, I, I still don't know if people knew exactly the steps that you had to take to do that. It was just mm-hmm. you had to do these certain things, and sometimes it would trigger it. Um, but it's crazy. That was for what it was. Incredible. This madness, and I think on Dreams there are um, def- there's remakes and reiterations of that that have tried to sort of keep it alive. So I'll definitely be checking those out. Mm-hmm. But we did mention at the start that we have to make the difficult decision to uh, give an outright winner. Now, as I said, I can wake up tomorrow and, and select any of these six. I, I really could. That's not even hyperbole there. Um, but in the interest of there having to be a winner, we are going to reveal the official Dimp Digital Game of the Decade for 2010 to 2019 here on Idle Game Chat. Um, Adkins, mm. I'm going to give you the honour of revealing what our Game of the Decade is. So do you want to take it away, please? Drum roll. It's Destiny! (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not Destiny. That's an inside joke. (laughs) It is, of course, the sensational The Last of Us. (laughs) Boom ting. Yeah, it is The Last of Us. I mean... No real, like I said, there's no real reason for it to be no. that. That I think, as I said, the, the case can be made for any of the six. There's just something about The Last of Us though that has that little X factor, whether it's story, gameplay, or just a mixture of it all. But it will, it will long live in the memory. I don't think, I don't think anyone would complain with any of the six. But you're certainly not going to see many complaints for people seeing The Last of Us on top of the list. But that's that's mm. what we've collectively come up with. The the blend of of narrative and and gameplay and, and cinematic storytelling, really digging into characters and giving them proper depth. And another thing for it, which we didn't mention, brand spanking new IP. Yeah. D- didn't have any yeah. any base to go off. It just picked up and created its own world um, off the back of just this one game. And just off just off the Last of Us alone, it's oh. it feels already like an expansive universe. Yeah. I think that's a that's something to call out that, that oh, incredible wasn't it? yeah it was why they were making they had the success of uncharted 2 and then the um naughty dog was split into two teams yeah one went off to do uncharted 3 and then this small team went off and done the last of us and now they're you know the the leader the, the co-leader of the last of us is now the head of the uh a company the director oh, Druckmann. Uh, Druckmann, and he's He's now taken over Uncharted 4 and he's now on his sequel. So mm. incredible, incredible work. Truly deserved. 
This will be tweeted at him, and he will read it. And he will <laughs> like it. <laughs> he will like it. No matter, he, he better do anyway, because it's you know, it. he paid. We paid him a lot of money. Yeah, so. I can say we've all paid for the game, so come on, just a little like. That's all we need. Come on, truckers. <laughs> Pull it out of the bag. Get us on the map. Get us those fucking patrons. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he can send some money our way. Now, then, then, it, then it sort of becomes like he's funded it and he's cheated it. But yeah, we're yeah. we're open to corruption here. So <laughs> take any if this podcast had come out a few weeks ago, someone could have said to him, "Got some good news and some bad news. Your game's been leaked. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is didn't like you. So yeah. that's just good news and irrelevant news, though, isn't it? <laughs> game of the year, game of the decade, considered good news. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any final words from you Mr Adcock looking forward to the sequel mate cannot wait yep but I think yeah the, the sequel's right around the corner and um, you know without the, the incredible work done in the first game then the hype would not be as high as it was it was a swan song for the PS3 and now it's in, in all likelihood going to be battling with Ghost of Tsushima to be the swan song for the PS4 so uh, the Last of Us certainly has a, a special place in the world of gaming and is Dimp Digital's official game of the decade for 2010 through 2019, as revealed here on Idle Game Chat. Um, but as I said, our games of the decade will forever live on as well in Minecraft, GTA 5, The Witcher 3, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, God of War, and of course, The Last of Us. So that's that. Um, our, our digital game of the decade has been revealed uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you here next Monday for some more idle game chat so nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da This was a Dimp Digital production.